dark and stormy night in Bedford-Stuyvesant. Two gentlemen sit at a table, attempting to record a podcast and talking about health and the lack of well-being. Here, the storm brews. I got nothing after that. (laughs) Theme song plays now. What fucking theme song was that? The podcast theme song. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oops. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be one of those classic re- shot reverse shot moments where we use this episode instead uh-huh. of the one before it. Yeah. I'm a little more energized yeah. and a little bit more aware and my ear did pop. So now I'm feeling a little now better. Now you're feeling better. You did a nice intro. You did a nice intro bit. I did a bit. Yeah. I'm active even though I'm reading my business papers. I really just wanted to read my business papers to see what I'm in for tomorrow. Um, so I feel a little lighter, a little bit better. How do you feel? Yeah, we'll see how this goes. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of late. I need to go to bed pretty soon. I thought you were a 6 a.m. wake up person, so you should have been asleep like an hour ago. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Wait, that's too much sleep. No, that's you know, 10 hours. You know, I have been sleeping between 10 and 12 hours a night. For, that is disgusting. For a very long time now. Um, that's some Ohio shit. And it's really, it isn't great. H- having to readjust to being able to only sleep seven or eight hours or even less is going to take some getting used to. I realize that it's very bad for you to oversleep just as it's bad for you to undersleep. Uh-huh. But I've gotten really, really accustomed to that. So I'm scared for myself because I don't know what's going to happen. Huh. Yeah. I get around five to six a night. God, that's not a lot at all. I take naps. Yeah, I know, but still, that's still not very much. No, but, like, even today, like, I didn't, well, I know, I had to set alarms and wake up at a certain hour. I woke up before them, because I woke up at my normal wake-up time. Which is? Like, seven-ish. Wow, you just naturally wake up at seven now. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. Eh, Well, it's also bright. You know, but you go back to sleep after you get up like that? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Today, no, I, I took oh, a, like a little half hour power nap until my alarm went off and I was like, fine, I'll hop on a conference call. Man, Jesus Christ. I can't imagine sleeping only that long. Like I said, I've gotten I've gotten really used to this long sleeping. Ten hours is bananas. That is my natural body rhythm, dude. I, I think I Ooh. inherit this from my mother who has always done this her entire life too. Like my natural need is around ten hours. So I can go a little under that or a little over that, but that's what feels completely normal. Yeah, I don't know how I got the the six. The six, I don't know. I used to, you know, in my 20s, I was living my best Martha Stewart life of like, go to sleep at like two, three, four, wake up at eight. God damn it. That's crazy. And that never bothered you at the time? No. Well, I just had to do it. So I did it. Yeah. Well, you know, I wish I could get more on this wavelength because the problem now with like having a job again and stuff is if you want to have any free time of your own, you have to just get up early. You not only do you have to get up early, you have to stay up kind of late. Yes. I mean, I can't possibly work into my schedule even eight hours, really. I mean, I think it would probably be like, uh, you know, you'd have to like start going to sleep at like 1030, which is which is okay. Like that's sort of doable. That's doable. Uh huh. But 
even that is like you lay down to go to sleep at 1030. You're probably not really falling asleep until 11 or 1130. If you're really lucky, probably midnight. And now you're back down to like six and some change hours of sleep. Yeah. Which is, I guess, kind of what I did last night. And I feel okay today. Yeah. You know, there are some people who can do that wind down like really quickly i'm not that person i'm not that person at all my wind down takes a while it takes an hour or two that's what makes me nervous about like doing the podcast with you right now it's like a little shy of 9 30 and we just started recording again yeah. so it's going to be 10 30 yeah and then i'm going to have to wind down yeah and then i'm going to fall asleep uh-huh. and now we're in territory where we're way below eight hours here you're at eight hours no below if i got to get up at 6 30 there's no chance I'm getting to sleep tonight before 11:30, and I would be—it would be a godsend if I fall asleep at 11:30. I mean, maybe you will. You, we're walking around, standing around all day. Yeah, you maybe know. I'll be tired when we're done with this. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I didn't get a nap today. I'm—I'm I'm tired. Yeah. Even though, what did I do? Laid on a beach, sat in traffic. Well, the sun will definitely tire you out. The I don't know worked. how that yeah. works, but the sun works. It'll—it'll it'll bake you bake you out i think it was also like the little bit of you know athleisure of bobbing around sure oh yeah yeah yeah. i think that actually does a number and normally when i get home this is kind of like why i i have taken to run running errands after beach is so that way because the normal thing would be come home shower nap yeah right fucks up everything because now you're not running errands after that not running errands not like you know a lot of things are going to go awry yeah right but if you were, oh, that was a good pop. Sorry, distraction, but I can hear now. Um, running running all the errands, you're like, you got to keep moving, got to keep doing it. And then, you know, at the end of the race, you have a little little treat. You get to be fresh again. Yeah. But until then, you just got to keep going because there's no nap time when you're, you know, in Red Hook. Right, right. Or at Home Depot wondering how to do a bottled water exchange. Oh, man. You ran multiple errands after the beach in yeah. the car? Wow, that's pretty crazy. That's a lot of work. I did the... Where did I go the last time? Maybe the last time I just went to the florist. Yeah. That's an easy one. You just keep driving and you're like, oh, it's a onesie. I, I meant to ask you this earlier. So you like going to the beach by yourself now, huh? It seems like you do that kind of a lot. But I always went to the beach by myself. A lot. Really? Yeah. I guess I never really realized that. I always think of beach day as a family day. Uh-uh. Beach day is like a, is like a fun collective activity. Uh-uh. I think I only went to the beach by myself once, maybe twice. Oh, okay. I've gone all the time solo for years. Really? Years. Yeah. And, and what do you do while you're there? I mean, do you read and stuff mm-hmm. while you're on the beach by yourself? Yeah. And you swim in the waves? Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. Today, I, you know listen to half a podcast and was like wait i have to save the rest of this for driving time so like let's put that down brought two books last time i went i forgot books Mm -hmm. cardinal sin so i just had to listen to podcasts yeah yeah but it was also 90 degrees so i was just like i wouldn't even want to hold up a book right so this is fine just let me be here now do you walk all the way out to fort tilden when you go to the beach yeah but i don't go all the way to the end okay i go a little closer because if you go early there's not as many people yeah so you don't have to walk as far yeah okay because the whole the beach in general just seems like so much effort to do by yourself no it really seems like there's a lot involved well i did buy the season pass yeah. today uh-huh so now never have to pay for parking again 
drop mm-hmm. the hundo, said, fine, here, here national parks have my money. So now it's just like, eh, I don't feel like, because I knew it was going to be hot, do I want to go sweat in a warehouse? No. Right. Sounds gross. Right. No. Um, didn't want to stay home in the air conditioning either. Like, didn't seem, didn't seem like a do-nothing day. But there's a way to do something and nothing, and that's going to the beach. Yeah, that's the that's the real psychic trick of it. I, I think I got to get used to this, especially now that I have a car. I'm very intrigued by this idea of going to the beach by yourself. But somehow it makes me really nervous. It makes me like apprehensive thinking about it. Why? I mean, I had this kind of thought today because, like, when the water was very choppy, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, what do you do? Like, there's no lifeguards. Oh, it's not a it's not that kind of fear oh. or apprehension. It's more just like. Um. Well, it feels lonely, is what it feels oh, like. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. You're one with nature. You're grounding. Your feet are on the ground. Yeah. Maybe take a little five-minute nap. Maybe just get to read, but you're outside. Uh-huh. And then get hot, water. Right. Okay, done playing in the water. Dry off. Read some more. It's just like being in a library, but more fun. <laughs> okay. Get tan. Yeah. Like Yeah, there's a lot of benefits to it. It's I like get a spa it. day but cheaper. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. What I, is this like? Yeah, what I, you I think it's a sad excursion by yourself I, to the beach? You know, this is just the headspace that I'm in. I've just been it's very much my problem, but I've just been feeling really lonely and doing things alone doesn't seem attractive. Like I think I need to be schooled on how to enjoy things by myself. You know, there is a book. There is. Called How to Be Alone. No, I didn't know this. I've never read it. I could probably write it again. (laughs) Um, But, like, it's the same thing of, like, if you go, like, run errands in the city, like, going to the Met by yourself, right? Like, that's not necessarily, granted, it's a solo excursion, but, again, the people everywhere. You're never alone in New York City, says the tourist magnate. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like, it's... I find those like I don't like going to the movies by myself. Ah, see, we have different tastes in this way because I never had a problem with that. I, I used it. to. I haven't done it obviously in a very long time, but I used to go to the movies by myself quite a bit. I think I never have, but I, I wouldn't want to because I would want to like talk about it afterwards. See, this is exactly the thing. Is that's how I feel about the beach. Like part of the beach experience that's so much fun is the car ride there and back with somebody else. And maybe like getting food afterwards or whatever with somebody else. The experience of being at the beach, you don't talk much to each other. So it's kind of like you're there alone no matter how many people you go with. Um, But I always really liked the before and after of it. You just like being in a car. Yeah, with other people though. Yeah. I don't like being in a car by myself. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... um, I mean, I got to like secret eat Wendy's on the way. See, that's like a thing I wouldn't do. I don't know what that what that I was hungry and it was there and I went, okay. yeah, yeah. I normally wouldn't by myself. I'm like, well, we're trying to have like, <laughs> you know, skinny beach day. Yeah. But I'm going to toss this junior bacon cheeseburger down my throat. Yes, I will. Because I, I deserve a treat. Sure. You know, like in a way that I wouldn't go to Alamo and like order a gin and tonic by myself. Oh, see, I would do that. Oh, no. Because then if like, you know, post movie, I would want to be like, yeah, right, right. Like my brain's working. 
at the beach, there's no brain working. So there's nothing to like. There's no post-mortem to have. There's no. nothing to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Although, you know, I did have a weird thing happen today where I go play in the ocean, get battered by stuff, and then I come back, sit down. And then I hear a voice, excuse me. I'm like, what? Who's talking to me at this fucking beach? This is, a, a, I, this is an occasion I know. I know no one here. And it's, you know, a lady over to my left going, hey, is it is it any is it any calmer out there? And I turn and I'm like, why is this topless woman yelling at me trying to engage with a stranger? Girl, put a top on. Well, she probably perceives you as non-threatening. I know. She's like, I, I, I can talk to the gay man with my top off because he won't gawk at my titties. Yeah, the gay bald yeah. is, doesn't care about any of this. Right. And I'm like, ma'am, you chose right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I don't know if I can go in. I'm going to wait till one of my friends comes and then I'll go in. I'm like, oh, yeah, just give it like 15 more minutes. It'll probably chill down a little bit. It's almost, you know, tide's going to shift soon. And she's like, oh, you're right. I'm like, like, again, it was one of those things. I'm like, I'm not going to watch you. Like, so you don't drown. Just so you know, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to go, you can. But I'm going to be flat on my back. Book above head. Uh. But then she was like, yeah, you were doing okay out there. I'm like, why were you? Yeah, she was watching you. A lot To of see this... if I was getting like slammed around in the beach. Right. A lot of this feels transgressive of like beach etiquette. Like, yes. Number one, you don't really talk to your neighbors on the beach. You just don't. Unless you literally know them. Right. Unless even you know them. Even then you're them. just like, what? Unless you know them. But even if, even when you know people, it's, I think it's common courtesy to like kind of go up and say hello and maybe chat for a minute, but then kind of leave people alone. Sort of like riding the subway home with people that you know. When you accidentally run into them, you don't like... That's the worst. You don't need to spend the entire ride together. It's okay to say what's up and then put your headphones on and like be half a car apart and not talk. Yeah. I think the beach is kind of the same etiquette. Yeah. But so for a stranger to breach that and like talk to you and ask you questions and then let on that they were observing you... Creepy. That they were surveilling you while you were in the water. I was like, like the only person swimming because it was very choppy. Yeah. In the little like, you know, cove that I was in. Yeah. I don't want to overemphasize it. Like, I think it's pretty innocent at the end of the day. She probably just glanced your way and was like, oh, yeah. Someone's I, out there. Yeah. Someone's yeah. out there. I, be, I might as well ask. I don't think it's a huge deal. But also, but girl, it is a girl you got eyes. You can see that there are waves. Right. Figure it out. What's your swim? I don't know your swimming strength. You yeah. could be fine out there. Or you're going to get drowned and get hit by smacked by a wave. I right. don't know. Right. You seem frail. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, the other thing that occurred to me, I think, about not liking to go to going to the beach is that I feel very vulnerable at the beach. Like going to the movies, I don't feel very vulnerable at all because it's a dark room and like no one can see you or talk to you or do anything. Like, you're completely insulated from the world, even though you're in the company of other people. At the beach, you're very exposed. I think that might be what it is that I don't like. You're not on Naked and Afraid. Yeah, but sort of. But sort of you are. I mean, what's making me think about it is this anecdote with the woman. It's like, people are observing each other at the beach. You're not supposed to acknowledge that you're doing that. Yeah, she did the cardinal misstep of... Just so you know, I was watching that you were out there. I'm like... Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. You're breaking you're breaking the rules, ma'am. I am trying to be in my Zen space. Yeah, right. And you have introduced the fact like I'm trying to ignore that there are other people around me at all times. Right. This is why I don't like people with speakers at the beach. She also had a oh, speaker. Awful. So I was like, You already don't know. 
how to yeah. do any. Yeah, you're you're breaking all the rules. You're here. breaking every rule that I hold dear. You know. Um, but you, you know. don't feel self-conscious like about your body, about being exposed. See, I, see, I do. Like, I'm terrified to go to the beach this late in the season because I have a mad farmer's tan at best, and I'm basically just pasty and fat. That's how you correct it. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this. That's I can't also do a way this to get, alone. That's that's also how to get around any sort of self-consciousness is because you're like, who's who cares? I'm one of many, and also no one I know is judging me. The thing is, I don't fear the judgment of people that I know. Oh. I fear the hypothetical of the stranger because you, as a projecting person, can put anything you want into their minds. Give a shit what strangers and think of me. And that's very scary. See, now, I, I think I care I'm more go about Go out there in the tiniest bathing suits known to man, live my best life. I don't mm. give a shit. All right, all right. You know, but again, I, they can judge me. and I'll be like, I don't know you, and I don't care. And again, we talked about this before. Like, boring people talk about people doing things. You know. Yeah, right, right, right. So I need like, to learn that skill of not caring so much. I've become very self-conscious lately. It's very difficult for me to do anything. Really. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I, I Well, yeah, I do know. I don't know. I, <laughs> I do know. I don't know. Title. Rumsfeld just died. You can't, <laughs> you can't do the inverse of a known unknown right now. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. My, my, my whole life feels like... Um, known unknowns it's terrible oh boy um yeah i just i just feel really in my own head like caught up in my own uh, perceived failures and am having a difficult time of having any confidence basically like b- being able to have a conversation in a straightforward way uh being aware of my own like motivations and uh faults and transgressions i feel like i, I don't feel able to locate myself in my own thinking so it makes me very confused whenever i think about any given situation but especially a vulnerable situation i just immediately go to anxiety where i'm like "Ah, i don't don't feel comfortable here don't want to do this and that is starting to apply to more and more situations where i never used to have that problem that's weird i had situations that made me anxious and i was sort of aware of that but i could even get over it and now i just feel like almost every situation makes me anxious and it's becoming difficult to overcome. It's very overwhelming. That's just general anxiety is what you're describing. Yeah, yeah. I'm having gen- I'm having generalized anxiety in a way that I've never had it in my life. I mean, I... Th- yeah, I don't know. It, it, What you're describing is also a kind of deep uncomfortability that I, I can't quite place for you. But, you know, like, I don't know. I have anxiety about uh, outside things, not inside things. Yeah. Well, explain more. Uh, like, oh, I know I have visits coming at work. I'm like, fuck, I have to do this, this, this. You know, I just have laundry lists of things that I'm like, will I get it done? Right. I'll always get it done, but it's going to be at a cost to my, like, physical well-being. And I know that in advance, so I'm kind of like, okay, I can gird myself. But I'm not anxious about it. Well, I'm a little anxious about it, but then I go, it'll be fine. It's going to suck, but it'll be fine. Um, you know, when it comes to like, uh, uh, like, uh, what the fuck was I doing the other day? Um, I don't know. Like even like having like painting room, like a crazy psychopath. Like, like I was like, I know I have to do this, 
and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'll get it done in time. And I always was going to wait until the last minute anyway. So, like, the anxiety fell away. Because I said, eh, it'll get done. Again, I'll hurt my back. Yeah. But goes with the fucking territory. Who cares? Like. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, maybe maybe it's just that I haven't had I haven't had the pressure of outside anxieties for a long time, really. That's true. Um, I've had them in like some capacity, smaller outside, but much yeah. smaller, and uh, I've had a much more flexible situation around these anxieties. So, like, you know, um, working, working for Dom, ma- making furniture, that was an outside anxiety. That that gave me anxiety all the time. But I also had a lot of flexibility with that, where I could basically not show up if i didn't want to i could decline the work right or i could leave early or i could only do what i was capable of and like there was a lot of understanding involved in it where at the end of the day do what i do not know how to do that i could get out of it yeah yeah um the same with like moving my dad and moving his house it was like those you know there was deadlines involved and there were certain things but it was like I'm not going to be around to finish this with you, so I don't really care how far we get. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I'm helping you paint this house basically as a favor to you, so I don't need to do the best job We're in not the doing world this perfect, or yeah. whatever. Um, that's not to say I didn't try my best in all of these situations or whatever. It's yeah. just that, like, the, the pressure was really low. It wasn't like I'm not going to be able to pay my rent this month if I don't fucking accomplish these yeah. tasks. And so maybe I need the outside anxieties in my life again to distract me a little bit from the inside anxieties because that's all I've been, had time to focus on. And that has piled up to such an extent that it's become like really crippling. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. The, I, anytime you feel the, excuse me, the like loss of control, like, or you think things up here, I don't know. For me, it's when things appear out of control because again, meticulousness to a certain degree uh or at least like when things are not meeting my standard i go it's out of control and then it's like it will get there you just trust the process that you that has been set up which you are in control over and then you go okay 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 but when there's a lot of like plates spinning simultaneously that are like crashing down you're just like i hate everything right now um because i had a moment like that but that's all but that's again that's all one collected outside stressor of of work stuff yeah and i just go okay put put you know like your brain i don't know i work my brain in buckets so like the work bucket i try not to let any of that anxiety spill into the other buckets and it's only when um that bucket is bad that it spills into all the other buckets and then you become a crazy person yeah did that did that for a very long time right not the healthiest way to live right i guess i'm just saying compartmentalize everything but that's also probably not the greatest thing well i i think that i i think that i also compartmentalize things it's just that the the buckets that overflow are different like um yeah i never really have life overflows the bucket of introversion uh, of psychosis yeah uh that's really loaded. I don't. Yeah, that's. I, I hope yeah. everyone understands what I mean by that because it's not like, um, 
I think like in it's not like just I'm say schizophrenic, like, but yeah, just say like internal. Yeah, your internal life. My 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 inter my internal life overflowing is not a good thing, and I and that has taken over for me for a long time now, and I've become more accustomed to like my projected anxieties because my internal bucket is just overflowing. There's no limiter on it hmm. because there's not enough of an outside influence in any meaningful way to keep it under control. Um, like the depressive aspect of my personality is allowed to overflow right now. And the, the manic part doesn't really get to kick in and, uh, put a bracket around anything because there's no outward expression for the manic part. Huh? I'm bored and I'm lonely. That's bad. You know, only boring people are bored. Thank you, Betty. (laughs) (laughs) She also compartmentalized a lot and then found out at, you know, 45 or, you know, 38, she had cancer. So, based on the yeah, yeah. pre-show after show you know um well and it's true that only boring people are boring and and it's it that's boring people are boring but bored yeah you yeah. shouldn't be able to get bored but i'm i'm finding myself getting bored because i just look at the internet all the time mm. like my only distraction has become sinking myself into that because i haven't really been able to create art i've been limited in my ability to like have social interactions and like good conversations and stuff um yeah, and I guess I'm just starting to ex- experience the like collective fact of that, especially being fresh back in New York. Like, um, we talked about one other time on the show. Like, places don't solve your problems, you know. And my anxiety has actually been ratcheted up to sort of a worse place since I've been back here because that realization has come home to roost that like, Oh, being bored and lonely doesn't stop because you changed your environment and it makes me scared. But that's something at the end of the day, that's something you can control. You can, you can control if you're doing an activity or not. Right. But this is sort of back to the conversation about going to the beach and like what kind of activities and being able to harness the idea that like you can do an activity by yourself and it's not lonely. Yeah. I'm having this is a reframing problem. Like remember the last time we recorded and I was kind of attacking you for not like reframing your consumerism. Oh, yeah. I, I think that this is the mirror version of that where I'm really sort of having a difficult time reframing um solitary experiences in a positive way everything feels tragic right now and i've been i think after a week of riding the subway you might be like oh my god something i get to be alone yes i I, well i'm kind of hoping that that feeling comes back because i do have a a faint memory of it of part of the reason i thought moving to cleveland would be a good idea and what i really liked um about the fantasy of that was that in New York, you never really get any time alone. So having your headphones on subway is like a nice respite illustration of this. It's a nice, it's a nice respite. I'm hoping to return to that again, but, um, the stimulation of just being around a lot of people is not enough. It just feels like a background image. It doesn't feel like the same kind of vibrancy that, um, that I remember or that I expect like 
I'm too used to it. It doesn't phase me. Oh. The psychic energy mm. of New York City is not putting me in this place where I need alone time right now. It's like making oh. me feel lonelier in a strange way. Mm. Being ignored by so many people is a certain feeling, too. Because that doesn't really happen mm. in the Midwest. People don't ignore each other. I know. It's appalling. Well, I got used to it. You know, I like like yeah. it's, it's easy to be judgmental about it one way or another, but it's like I, I got used to the idea that when you saw somebody... They would look at you at least, mm. and it and it starts to feel really bad in a certain way to be in a sea of people and be ignored. And I used to like that feeling. I'm trying to remember that that's good in a way that that can be like life affirming. Yeah, I'm like kind of wondering like what like where like your ego went. Not to say that you're, like, egotistical, but, like, you know, part of walking around the city is, like, every single person is the, the, uh, uh, what's the word that starts with a P? I don't know. You'll have to be In a more novel, specific. The, pr- the protagonist. Every, you know, like, ostensibly everyone's the their own protagonist in their own fucking novel or sitcom, you know? Yeah. Some people more pronounced than others. You know, when there are people who are like, I'm living my best life and twirling and those people need to calm the fuck down. I need that to, you know, that 11 needs to be around a seven. And in reality, if we're scaling it for how they appear four, you know, like, you know, at a a certain point you have to have a certain kind of ego that you're like, I am the protagonist. (laughs) Sorry. Why is that not working in my brain? (laughs) Woo. Um, I was, I picked, picked up a, the Welbeck, the serotonin again. And I'm like, yeah. maybe the reason why I can't remember protagonist is because that book seems to not have one. Um, but like, you know, at a certain point, a voice in your head has to be like, I'm the shit. Yeah. 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 I don't, I mean, even I- if you believe it or not, at some point you just have to be like, like it, walking into the Met, for instance, you just you walk into a, a thing and you're just like, I know more about that fucking painting than anyone in this fucking room, and they can all suck my dick. And you're like, yeah, like, like little stupid things, or like, I don't know. I understand what you mean. Yeah, that 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 part of me feels largely gone, and I don't know how to reconnect with it. And as I walk around New York the last few days, um. I've been really aware of watching other people ha- be in their stories, mm. like watching other people be protagonists of their stories. Um, I've been noticing couples a lot. Just mm. there's a lot of couples in New York City that are like having these like cinematic, like postcard moments all the time with each other, you know, Um Oh, then you haven't seen people have knocked down drag outs outside of a, you know, a Nissan Altima. Well, even a moment like that, like that's a that's a moment from Uncut Gems, practically. You know, when Julia Fox and Adam Sandler get in the fight about the doing coke with the weekend, like yeah, that's a that, that's a thing that happens. You know, um, so I've been aware of other people doing that, and I I do think you're right that like I I hope that, um, again, like it's interesting, right? Because the place can't correct this. New York no. City isn't going to make this happen for me, although it's a prime venue. Like, if, if, if you can't make your own ego pop off here, 
you, you're, you're probably in d- a dire straits. Here's the thing. What, what I mean when I say that you see this a lot is that you what you tend to not see are a lot of people who are not living that fantasy anymore. Those are the people that I respect and terrify me to a certain extent. Um, I'm not sure I know what you mean exactly. So, like, when you think about, like, I, you know, I love a crotchety old person, right? Like, when they're so far beyond caring what anyone gives a shit about them. This is goes back to the beach thing as well, where it's like, they don't give a fuck. Like, move. Like, help do this for me. And you're like, I don't know you shit. What the fuck? Yeah. And they're like, I'm older than you. And I said so. And you're like, okay. And you know what? Your reasoning, not sound, but I will just take it. Because it's like they're not under the illusion that like you know they have anything to prove well the, and they're like not the, under the illusion that their story matters either it's the narrativizing about they, your own they've life also that ex- past. they've also accepted that eh, what where the, where the narrative thread go who cares yeah right it's actually living yes let me hold on i'm actually going to read you something from serotonin because i took a picture of it and thought it was um actually spot on uh Men in general don't know how to live. They have no true familiarity with life and never feel entirely at ease in it. So they pursue different projects, more or less ambitious and more or less grandiose. Generally speaking, of course, they would fail and reach the conclusion that they would have been better off just living. But as a rule, by that point, it's too late. Yeah. Are you the sentence right now? <laughs> yeah. I think I think there is something. This is what I mean when I say I fear them. Like, there are people, and younger people do this to some extent like and these are the true people that i fear like for the old people i'm like well you arrive there by age but young people i'm like when you finally realize that you just have to like live and you're surviving in the world and having any point of view is like more than enough that's 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 your ego power you're now like you're not the like first person narrator because that's for 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 babies right right you have great you have gained omniscience you're the third person narrator. You're like, I'm uh, just living. I'm moving around. Someone else can fucking describe this. I don't I don't have time to tell other people how I'm living. You know? Right. Or like the motivations behind it. I'm just gonna do it and then someone else will figure that shit out later. Right. Well I I would hope for myself that if all goes well, I'm in some transition right now between the first and third person, right? Like, I think I think you achieved the third person narrator uh, status over time. I mean, it, it, there, there's no there. The thing that's difficult about this for me, but I think as a general construct is that there is no point at which this happens. No, you don't realize that you crossed the Rubicon. In fact, you never did. It's just a process that's unfolding and one day you're there but that's not a point it's not a it's not there's no eureka no you just go it's gross to say mindset because i hate like i hate the associations with that but at a certain point the way that you organize the world for your understanding changes and it's probably gradual it has to be but it can be it can be you know hastened but it takes you know how you handle lower moments that yeah. kind of show you yeah. like if your mindset has changed like frustration like basically what you're describing 
now is like a frustration that it's not changing fast enough for your liking. It's a frustration that it's not changing fast enough, but it's also a frustration with my own handling of it where uh, I thought I was better than this, you know. You've also been here like five days, so calm your tits. Well, but but it's not just New York, you know. It's it's this it's this transition. It's this it's this thing that's been unfolding since 2019. I mean, I was thinking the other day, like the last time anything felt to me um, sort of stable and where I had a grasp on what was going on was really like around the time of Erica's wedding, which was the autumn of 2019. And then just like there's no point where you have self-realization, there's no point where it gets chaotic either. But that just unfolds. But realizing that that much time had passed since I felt really grounded and um, with a sort of centered version of myself that I could act from and make confident and conscious decisions from, that's been that long. And then realizing that my handling of it in the meantime has been a, a decay and not a reckoning but just sort of a rot that's not good and i and i thought and like when i say explain to me rot i don't i'm confused by this idea of what is decay and rot what rather than make do you feel like you're not making conscious choices yeah okay well that's a little different okay so I just want to get the terms in order. Here. I, I think I think I'm just I'm having a really difficult time making yeah making any conscious choice really, and I feel like I've been a- avoiding it. Oh, you can't do that. No, avoidance uh, does nothing. Right. Let me tell you about avoidance. It's a terrible thing. You don't get to start figuring anything out. Again, uh, unless well, you'll figure things out eventually, but like. If you avoid any sort of thing, you kind of like get to the point where you're like, "Why? What? What? What is? What do you? What is? What is the avoiding avoided thing? And like, eh, what? Do we, what's the point? Like, whether that's a what you want to do, um, like work wise or whatever, or like you know, I don't know, like, or like, you know, me gracefully in the closet until very late in life and now maybe you know spiritually 27 and 57 yeah you know that makes me the age i am right bodily everything's a mess who cares no hair terrible joints it's all falling apart feel like a teenager or like at least a 23 year old who are also the worst people in the world right yeah well, you know, I think part of what what uh, happened was going back and spending a lot of time with my dad in particular, but my family in general. Not only was that one of the primary reasons I wanted to go back to Ohio to see how that was and see how it worked. Um, what I realized was that I liked it and that I actually had been in a certain unconscious way, like running from and judging a family that loved me unconditionally for no reason. 
and then being around them again as an adult person and realizing like we don't do crying on this podcast by the way i i might oh <sighs> but realizing that like um i like these people i like them i like being around them yeah that just means you don't just you don't you know avoid them or not avoid them but you like it's a more conscious act of making time yeah like you can't do the thing of like oh shit ron's calling for the first time in two months got to be on the phone for two hours and then bitch about it you just have to look forward to it yeah i'm gonna look forward to it now and or do it yourself and actually do the reaching out yeah um because believe it or not you're probably the more stable child (laughs) well that's not true well like like that that turned out that turned out to be not true at all like (laughs) my my sister ended up figuring all of this stuff out at a much earlier age and now she has her own family yeah and she has sort of started this process all over again with you know two daughters and a husband and you know um my mom and jordan being out there like she she's understands this stuff and she did intuitively from a much younger age but it took me until now uh to realize that i had been like so rebellious against what that i had run for like 14 years from something that was good and then getting to experience the part of that that was good as an adult and being able to really appreciate it and then having to leave it and feeling like that was a choice but also a forced choice i don't know what to make of that you know um i mean it i don't know i mean hmm. i think what you said before when when you were saying like at a certain point you stop like worrying about being the protagonist or or protagonist or narrativizing your own life so much and just living it becomes the confidence i'm wondering like if that's going to happen not Uh, not when it just feels like a question of like i don't know if i'll ever get there I, i i feel like i keep making missteps and never it's not settling down I just start to wonder why you judge yourself so much. And like, you know, like, granted, you're a regret person. Like, you know, you, it seems like you like regret, which is very strange to me. We talked about this two weeks ago, I think, or three weeks. Like, like, I, 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 I don't think that you can not necessarily find a center because I don't think that there is like a one kind of center to maybe there is, but I don't, I think like if you're not aware that the center, your center is also moving around in the world because of the world and because of its own internal gravity, like you can't be like, Oh, I thought, I thought there was a center there. It's not there anymore. It's like, no, because you, excuse me, you move the center. So like you're just, you're kind of like Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking your own decisions while you're still in the process of trying to figure out how to make them. But without going the like, you know, the replay of like, Oh, that was, that was a mistake. Oh, it's like, well, like that's easy to say sitting in a booth 
like I think you have the reverse problem. It's not about the like the first person omniscience thing. I think you're already in omniscience and you have to actually be in first person for a little bit. Yeah. You might have skipped that. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I think I've always taken what it seems to me is that I've always taken the first person for granted. Like that was just a thing that you, that's not a thing you get that that was, I always assumed that that was just a thing that you got. And I felt like when, when my life felt like a clear narrative, like you graduate high school, you go to college, you go to grad school, you go to New York from there, you get your first minor job, your next most important one, then your most important one. It, it all felt like snowballing to a certain thing and then it snowballed into what like this crazy crescendo of like early 2020 and then the pandemic hits and then i don't know what yeah but again that's what and i felt like my point being that the 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 first person narrative that i had was just an assumption no it wasn't like a it wasn't earned is there such thing as a second person narrative narrator? <laughs> I'm sure there is, but I don't know. I've about never grammar. seen that. Um, no, I just think like, you know, if you're following like path things, like, which is what you just described, you were, you were on the track, you know, the, um, the, uh, the screenplay was written, you were acting. That's not necessarily first person. Like that you are not, you are not your own protagonist, you know? part of the delusion of like the people who are the protagonist in their own head that they're actually, you know, living it, but also kind of very obsessed with the fact that they are living their narrative. I don't think you ever did that. I still do this. I love doing this. I always love, you know, like this is why I get wistful. Like, Oh, that used to be a bar over there. I, you know, like knowing the stupid little niche thing. That's me indulging in my own little protagonism. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not to say that that is the ruling force, because that gets old and annoying. Like, at a certain point, you have to, you should maybe care about that aspect a little more. Care about what aspect? I, I feel like I like lost the, the like the a bit. being and enjoying the being. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if did you ever get to enjoy that i mean i mean i don't know like it's actually feel it's sort of it's sort of unclear to me because in retrospect it feels like i did but only in retrospect i feel like i never enjoyed my life really i feel like my my life has always been uh as it's been going on has been underwritten by some form of pain whether it's self-imposed or from the outside usually self-imposed but then like my memories of everything are always rosy like i always like the past it's always nice that also tracks but um Uh, but i'm not sure i'm not sure i've ever reveled in my in my being in the present it's like really it's really hard for me to appreciate things there's very few moments where I'm in it and I'm like loving it at the time. One foot in the fast, one bleh, 
one foot in the past, one foot in the present or in the future, you're pissing on today. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's a lot of pissing on today. Yeah. Because you can't think about like, oh, I should be doing X or Y by X or Y date or whatever. And then, oh, the pa- I have, you know, made mistakes or did something the wrong way. Yeah, of course. We all have expectations. We all have things that like, eh, it could have been done differently, but this was also nice. But like, you can't just, I find, well, I'm not going to say you can't. One can do whatever they want. They're just making a bad decision. Um, <clears throat> I think like the... I don't know. I do like this goes back to like the enjoying the like that quiet one hour a day that exists, like finding some kind of mindfulness of the part that you do enjoy and that you're like, I'm having a good time or also going, I'm having a bad time and not just pushing it down. I'm a big fan of doing that. It's great. Um, it's actually terrible, but like, you just have to recognize that you're doing it. You can do whatever you want, but you just have to recognize that you are doing it and you are actively in that process. Yeah. Because then it gives you control back. Control is the name of the game. I think. I love control. It's so much fucking fun. (laughs) I would be the world's, I would be a great dictator. Oh, Yeah. But I would be terrible. There'd be too much shit going on. I'd be like, nah, someone else make a decision. I don't fucking care anymore. Like, I thought we hired you to figure out what to do with the peasants. They're not making anything in the fields and you didn't kill them. So what are we doing? Um, yeah. Yeah. My, well. my regime would be me just pissed at everyone for not making a decision either way. And they're like, but you're a dictator. You have to make the decision. I'm like, right then what do I hire you for? All right, <laughs> kill all you. You know, like it would be like the Dr. Evil, like dropping people into the fiery pits. Of yeah, hell. sure, sure. Um, shark tank full of laser beams. Sharks with lasers on their heads. <laughs> um, actually, that is me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. It's supposed to be about your realization. No, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, but that's good. It's helpful. It's I'll like have a redheaded stepson. What a bitch. <laughs> so God. No, but yeah, like I, I, uh, I missed the part. I missed the part of myself that, uh, that had, had control and thought it was fun. I know that that existed at some point. Uh, it just feels so hard to get there again. It's not that it's not that you had control and it was fun. Fun control doesn't equal doesn't necessarily equal fun. It can be bad and you can still have control over it. It can be, you know disappointing right um but that's how you wipe away the regret thing disappointment and regret are very two very separate things care to explain they're both you know you can control how you feel about regret but usually like there are other mitigating factors same thing in the other way it's just a matter of like you know like um i regret eating a spicy chicken sandwich I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't get fries, you know, (laughs) like it's about like, Hmm, like regret, uh, the regret, uh, regret and nostalgia are all things that are tied to the past. You know, disappointment is still active in the present. It's a concurrent state of being. Yeah. Regret is about, 
the longing to redo something instead of going, I can do something differently the next time. Meaning I won't get the fries, but the frosty is definitely going in the cart. <laughs> I'm making jokies, but yeah, do you yeah, get what I'm saying? I like do. it's a, it's about like, you can't change the past. So it's there. It's what do you do with that? Like, Oh, you were an asshole. Cause you got blackout drunk. Okay. Did you like buy breakfast or I don't know, like do something nice in the future to make, you know, whatever like any sort of thing to be like well that that was an oopsies what do we do to correct the oopsies oh the oopsie is uncorrectable how do you try to be better because all that does is frame the present yeah because otherwise you're pissing on it i don't piss on presents i like unwrapping presents (laughs) not into water sports it's it's just so it's so difficult to have that level of clarity like i really admire you for that that's really hard it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to do that in your own life. It's one thing to sit here and nod at it and like... Oh, I'm not good at it. I think you are pretty good at it. And it, it's one thing to be able to understand rationally that that's a possible option. It's total, totally another thing to like d- be able to do that. You can. The fun part is anyone can do it. It's very difficult. It's very hard. Yeah. Like, and it takes like you know feeling bad about stuff sometimes yeah but you know what's the aa thing the wisdom to know the things you can change the the, but something the wisdom to know the difference (laughs) except the things you (laughs) can't whatever the only thing that makes sense out of all of that um plastic chips given to people with problems that look like poker chips Hey, what I mean, whatever Meeting works. in churches and giving them coffee at 9 p.m. You know, yeah. What the fuck? Well. Give them seltzer. What the fuck is wrong with these? Anyway. Um, you know, like this is, it's all, that that's, it's a control thing, but it's also about giving up control over the past. Again, right. you can't change it. So it goes. Moving on. Like, yeah, it's either you dwell on it or you go, okay, moving. Or you can be that that bitch by the water cooler who's like, "Did you see what that part? Did you see like throughout that whole meeting, the giant like snot bubble that was like leaking down? It's so gross. It's like, well, maybe if it's so gross, just be like, hey, do you want a tissue? <laughs> you could be nicer instead of being a cunt, Karen. Yeah, but you get to choose how you do it. It's so hard to put that into action. It just is. You just have to take a beat. Right. I think I, you, I think you can take too many beats though. Well, that's how like being mm, too generous with yourself puts you in a in a in a lazy situation. It's back to being bored and lazy. Eh. If you're too easy on yourself, that's that's what can happen too. I don't think that's uh well, it is a, a form of laziness to not think inward about that kind of thing. But what you're describing is that you there's a laziness to that internal life that to thinking about the internal life instead of letting the internal life manipulate you i feel bad so i you know whatever i won't make any decisions or i'm gonna make poor decisions okay i feel bad but okay i feel bad okay i'm just gonna live in it that's fine that's not gonna stop me from like doing something else i'm in a bad mood i don't want to go to the studio i'm in a bad mood i don't want to run an errand well bitch who's gonna feed you nobody yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta go buy that fucking rotisserie chicken your goddamn self. It's back to the external pressures, yeah. 
you need them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think like having the outside pressure of like five days a week, you know, that time is blocked out. Probably going to be useful. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, you know, I also think that like, again, my, my remain, uh, rejoinder always is when I go to work, I go into Disneyland because my job is to make Disneyland for people. Yeah. Customers, people I employ. And I tell them, you got to put on that fucking Mickey Mouse suit, leave all your shit at the door. So this is the same Disney that, you know, the public gets. You don't have to think about it. Your phone, don't even know, whatever. You're having a sad day? You tell me? Okay. All right. Fine. But, like, you know what we're doing? And if, if you feel like you can do it, let's go. And they're like, mm-hmm. This actually happened to me uh, a couple days ago. One of, one of my children, I'm like, it's real quiet walking in. And I'm like, so usually jovial, very upbeat, excited. And I was like, what's going on? Like, there was some personal thing. I was like, he's like, can we just do like a normal, normal day? Like on the verge of tears. He's like, can we just do a normal day? I'm like, yep, whatever you need. You let me know. I'm still going to be the birthday clown. Yeah. I just know that I have to be the birthday clown for you a little bit more now. Fine. We can work with that. Um, but outside pressure can kind of do that mind trick on you. Yeah, I think it can. I mean, I don't know. I've been seeing that work already, you know. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to judge it, but like, I don't know. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. But again, you don't go, oh, did I make a mistake after five days? Day one of a job. Did I make a mistake again? <laughs> no. What are, what are the ground rules? No crying in the bathroom. <laughs> Ladies, we have booths for that. You have to go outside in the rain to do any of that. It's like taking dog out to take a shit. 15, floor, door. 15 floors down and across the street in the newsstand. Okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I have nothing else. No, that's perfect. Are that's, we done? That's great. Yeah, we can be done. We we end on Joan Holloway. Great. Sure. Bye.